Ah, hello! Welcome back to Capes and Japes. Uh, we haven't done this properly in like two weeks, so... Yeah, we, <laughs> like, we've both had vacations since then. Yeah, we've both been uh, traveling all around this big, beautiful nation of ours. Um, I hope you've had, uh, I hope you enjoyed your Pride Month. We're recording this on the first day of Wrath Month. Ah, are you ready to get angry? <laughs> I'm ready to get angry, and we're appropriately recording this about a very angry man. Is um, that why you chose this? No, this wasn't why um, I thought this was going to be the week to talk about Frank Castle. We're talking about Frank Castle. Um, but I thought about it after I had said, like, we should probably just do the Punisher episode. I was like, well, it is the start of Wrath Month. Um, and also it's uh, 4th of July week. Uh, and, you know, obviously... Captain America would be the most fitting choice for a 4th of July episode. We already we... covered Steve. Happy birthday, Steve. Happy birthday, Steve. Um, but the Punisher is a character who embodies a lot of the very unfortunate things that people think of when they think about America. The bad America. The bad parts of America. Steve Rogers is how America wants to see itself, and Frank Castle is what everybody else sees. Yeah. Um, this is gonna, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm excited. I'm excited to dig into the Punisher. This isn't gonna be like, if you are a big Punisher fan, this is not just gonna be like, we, <laughs> we love Frank Castle. Listen, we're not <laughs> gonna be just digging into the Punisher for this whole episode. Um, it's just that there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack about Murder Hands McMike. Our old pal Murder Hands McMike. Frank Guns Castle. <laughs> Frank Guns Blazing Castle. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Gee whiz. Alright. Let's do this. Let's do the dang thing. Uh, before we get into it, did you watch the Netflix Punisher series? Because I did not. I also didn't. Oh, um, I, I was going to ask if it was good. No, I have a um a, a trusted friend who is a big fan of Daredevil um, and really enjoyed uh, John Bernthal in that, which we will probably talk about later in this episode, too. Um, and she watched the first season. Uh, and said that the, um, the parts with Karen Page in them were great, and the rest of it was, uh, pretty tough to watch. Unfortunate. Yeah. Which, sort of, sort of what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but, okay. Let me see if I remember how to podcast. Alright. Uh... Let's talk about our good pal, Franklin Castle. <laughs> oh boy, our our buddy. Uh, I don't know if Frank is actually short for Franklin. I'm no, sure it is, it's, someone it's will correct for, me if I'm wrong. It is actually short for Francis. Ah, um, which is fun. Uh, he was born uh, Francis uh, uh, Castiglione. Um, his parents were, uh, I think... Italian, Sicilian. clearly. They, they were Italian. They were, uh, Sicilian immigrants. Um, and, uh, he... I don't know when he, uh, changed his name to Castle. Um, but, uh, he does go by, uh, Frank Castle, legally. Much um, less Italian. Much less Italian. Uh, still encounters a lot of various Italians in in his in his line of work. Um, encounters is one way of putting it. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> some encounters that end probably less than favorably for some of the people involved. Um, so 
uh, early on in his life, uh, young, young Frank Castle, uh, was interested in being a, uh, a priest, actually. He went to, uh, seminary school and, uh, came out of it pretty disillusioned, uh, with the world as he saw it, uh, and ended up joining the Marines. Um, that's not usually where people go after they finish seminary school. No, it's not. Um, but, you know, the there's a lot of stuff that Frank Castle does that isn't what people usually do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, so he, uh, he joins the Marines. Um, he serves in the Vietnam War. Um, I know initially, and then there have been, like, some... As comics go on. As comics go on, there actually have been some, like, stories that have been, like, adamant about not retconning this. Um. Interesting. Yeah, I know, like, maybe, like, uh, like, late 90s reboots were like, nope. It's still Vietnam. He's just, he's old as hell. I'm just imagining Frank Castle being the only Marvel character allowed to age. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was later that it was like, uh, 2007, um, while Garth Ennis was writing it, um, they were like, uh, they were like, nope, everybody else, they're getting moved around, but Frank Castle is aging. We're pu- we're posting we're publishing that he was born in 1950, and that's his birth date, and we're not changing it. Wow, he's an old angry man. Um, he doesn't need powers. He has guns. Yes. Oh um, gods! And Molly punched him in the stomach. I hope he's okay. <laughs> she punched him in his old old ribs, <laughs> and he's like, oh. These bones aren't what they used to be. Oh, my brittle old bones. Um, so, I don't know if, like, anybody since then has, like, gone in and changed it, or if they've just kind of, like, glossed over it. Um, but he is generally depicted as, like, visibly, you know, kind of older by, by comic standards, you know? Not like an ancient man, but like you can look at him and be like, oh, he looks, he looks pretty much, he looks more weathered than the rest of these. <laughs> he doesn't these look like he's in his mid twenties. Weird. The only age in which you're allowed to be a superhero. Um, but uh, so he joins the Marines. He serves in Vietnam. He does uh several tours of duty. Um, at one point, there's, like, a story where he has, like, uh, a training exercise with Captain America, but he, like, refuses to, like, fight against him because he's, like, I respect him too much, and that uniform means too much for me to try and hit Captain America. He's, okay. I, yeah, okay, Frank. He's got, I mean, it's, they've, like, a lot of versions of him do still have him, like, respecting Steve a lot, but also, like, Frank, Steve would not be happy with what you're doing. No, Steve would definitely not approve. He would, he would be, uh, pretty, pretty distressed about it, and he, he has been, historically. Um. And Frank's like, well, I don't respect you enough to stop. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> enough out. to not hit you. Um, uh, he does uh several tours of duty. He uh joins, you know, various like special forces teams and learns all kinds of, of various combat skills. Uh I was gonna say murder techniques. M- yeah, techniques for murder. Um I do wanna say, um on the uh Wikipedia page, um like, the first sentence, uh, of, like, the character summary is, 
The character is an Italian-American vigilante who employs murder, kidnapping, extortion, coercion, threats of violence, and torture in his campaign against crime. But I did read employs as enjoys. He enjoys murder, torture, and kidnapping. And I was like, okay, okay, Wikipedia. All right, Wikipedia. Way to call out Frank Castle. I know. He just wants to do murder. That kind of reminds me of a completely unrelated thing. I saw on Twitter a (laughs) while back an artist that I follow was talking about uh, the, I want to say villain deer in Bambi 2. (laughs) And on the Wikipedia page, it has a list of his crimes. (laughs) It's like kidnapping, attempted murder. It's like, this is, there's attempted, I don't remember anything about Bambi 2, apparently. Also, you're going to prosecute a deer? (laughs) Um. Um, God. Okay. Um, so, uh, so Frank Castle learns, you know, a lot of various combat skills and weapon proficiencies. He is... (laughs) He has expertise in all guns. Um, so he's a gunslinger. He's a, he's, what, he is a, what is it about the word proficiency? It's a normal word, but it's always D&D yeah. D now. Listen, I mean, everything in my brain is D&D now. That's, um, that's fair. That's fair for me as well. Yeah, that's just how it be. Um, he he has He has a bunch of proficiencies. He earns you know, uh, various purple hearts and other honorable commendations. Um, I don't, I don't, I truly do not know very much about the military. Which no, is one I of do. the reasons why I, I, I don't read a lot of Punisher stuff. I do know that purple hearts are for being injured in the line of duty. Yes. So he definitely, he definitely does that. Okay. Um, and, uh, he, uh, he marries, uh, a woman named Maria at some point while he's on leave. Um, they have a couple of children in between, you know, him, uh, in between his, his tours of duty. Um, and, uh, he is, uh, he is home in New York. He is, uh, possibly going to receive a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Uh, he is, I think, planning to, uh, go on to, like, teach in Washington, D.C., or train, you know, cadets, or something that doesn't involve him going overseas and being in active duty. Um, and as you can imagine, from... How, you know, peaceful this all sounds. Horrible tragedy strikes. Um. I would expect and, nothing less to turn. Yes, of course. Frank Castle into Murder Hands McMike. <laughs> um. There's gotta and, be a tragedy for a dude to call himself the Punisher, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a big skull on his chest. There's gotta be something. What if you just, what if you just had a totally normal life and you woke up one day and you're like, I think I'll be the Punisher now. I think that's how serial killers happen. Yeah, probably. Um, but, uh, he, he and his family are having a picnic in Central Park. It is, like, it is almost comical how, like, like how idyllic this is going into it. Like, it's like, this, the Punisher has a backstory that, if it was written now, would sound like a parody. Um, yeah. Yeah. He and his family are having a picnic in Central Park, um, and they accidentally, uh, witness a mafia execution. Um, which In is, Central Park? In Central, which is, such poor planning in the, the middle of the, of the day mafia? in the daytime in central park 
not even just like an accidental skirmish, an execution? That is, that is what, that is how the story goes. I, um, I feel like those mob, those, those mobsters don't know what they're doing. They're like, oh yeah, we'll just take him out to Central Park and kill him. Wait, what? And it's Saturday. (laughs) There's gonna be so many people there. What are you doing? Going by. What? Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it, and we're not even gonna like look around to see if there's anybody else there. Like a family of four people who are probably making a lot of noise. Yeah, um, like you're not gonna be like, oh man, Jimmy, I hear some kids. Maybe we should do this somewhere else. Anywhere else. Um. But uh, it's New York. There's so many places where you could probably kill someone. There are probably. Listen, I'm no expert, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's probably a lot of places. I um, mean, even in Central Park, there's probably so many like. Places where people would not be having picnics. It's a really big park. It's a pretty big park. Um, but these very unprofessional mafia individuals, uh, do, do, do a big murder in Central Park. And Frank and his family witness this happen. Unfortunate uh, for the kids. Unfortunately for everybody. Well, yeah, um, but also, they witnessed a murder. That's never good. It's not good, but uh, I'm going to spoil the rest of this backstory. They don't have to be traumatized about it for much longer. I mean, uh, I yeah, yeah, clearly. Frank Castle um, isn't out here running around like, oh, I gotta kill some mobsters at 12, but gotta be home by dinner. For for my family, for my alive family. Gotta gotta get home so I can put my kids to sleep. I gotta kill these mobsters for traumatizing my children. (laughs) These mobsters traumatized my children by making them watch a murder. So now I gotta take it out on them. But I still do have to be home so that I can take them to ballet practice. God, what if what if that was it? What if he like told this story and like, you know, Spider Man was like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm so sorry," and then the mafia killed your family. He's like, "What? What? No, no. they're all fine." <laughs> well, they're not fine. They're they're extremely traumatized. We're they're in therapy. Very upset about it. Yeah, they're I they're mean, in therapy. But you know, they, this is this is how I cope with it. They've really, they've really been working through it. They're making good progress. And in the meantime, I kill every criminal I see. And Spider-Man's like, what the fuck? Dude! And Frank's like, no, no, it makes sense. Now this way, nobody ever has to witness a murder. Spider-Man's like, but you're doing all the murder. I just witnessed you do like six! I just saw you kill, like, seven people. Yeah, but you're not my son. Close enough! I'm, like, 16, dude! I'm Spider-Man! I'm everybody's son! (laughs) That's true and fair and good. Um, unfortunately, uh, that is not what happened. Uh, the Mafia realized that this family have, uh, seen them do this. Uh, they cannot allow these witnesses to live, uh, and so they gun down this whole family, um, and Frank, uh, possibly just from, you know, from luck or from his, you know, combat prowess, his combat prowess, uh, Frank manages to survive his injuries, uh, but no, secretly, he of- he was wearing a bulletproof vest the whole time. He doesn't yeah. say it, but he doesn't go. He doesn't feel comfortable now without wearing a bulletproof vest. It's it's part of his PTSD. You it know? never comes up, but he he always wore a bulletproof vest <laughs> to Central Park for picnics. Yes, exactly. Um, it's Central Park. The mobsters go there to execute <laughs> people, apparently. The mafia is just running willy nilly around Central Park, killing everyone they see. Um, uh, Frank survives. Uh, the rest of his family dies. Um, 
and he uh, devotes his life to murdering all criminals uh, after what they have done uh, to him and his family. It's the um, darkest Batman. It is the the darkest Batman you can imagine. Um, he specifically, like, he mostly, uh, takes on organized crime, um, which, which is good, uh, which is more palatable than him just, like, you know, like, just, <laughs> just like, oh, you out, stole a purse. Yeah, just picking out random muggers. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, you're, actually, here you are, selling drugs. Dude, it's weed. It's it's legal in like four states. You are a drug lord. No, dude, I've got like I've got like a couple of What are you doing, man? Can you calm down? Um crime. Crime. Uh he uh he gets himself just a just an unholy number of weapons. Uh, Which is funny, because he was trying to be a priest at one point. He was, yeah, you know, it's come just as far in the opposite direction as you could go, probably. You know, um, I wonder if he could use that knowledge as an effective weapon against Daredevil. <laughs> oh my god, like, <laughs> Matt's just, like, lying on the ground, just, like, talking about God, and, like, the torment in his soul, and... <laughs> Frank's like, you didn't even get that Bible quote right. <laughs> Frank's just like, I hear you, my son. Is there anything else you want to confess? And he just, he's just like, yeah, actually. God, that would act, that would blow Matt's goddamn mind. He would need to just like go, like just like hang up the cow for a while and just like think he's, about things. He just like goes and he's like. I just had a talk with the Punisher about God. And, like, he knew his shit. <laughs> I need to take, like, the longest nap now. <laughs> I'm so tired. And meanwhile, Frank's like, my city now. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go kill some mafia members. Daredevil's <laughs> not here to stop me. Ah. <laughs> there is. Um, a very specific, like, like, a statistically weird number of, like, I think I've talked about this before, of, like, very, like, low-level daredevil villains. Just, like, really, just, like, very inane supervillains with, like, bad gimmicks, um, and, like, you know, don't do a lot of damage, who have, like, been killed by the Punisher. Yeah. After fighting Daredevil, and it's just my favorite thing to think about Frank, just like, stop it! He's busy! Stop fighting Matt! He's got enough to deal with. Namely um, me. Specifically me. I'm a huge, huge situation in his life. Um, also, I can justify this because y'all are doing crimes. These are crimes, baby! It's like, Frank, you're doing crimes, too. You do the crime, you get the crime. <laughs> Frank, that makes no sense. <laughs> Nasty crime boy has come to town. Um, so he, uh, he starts by going after, obviously, the people who were involved in killing his family. Uh, one of them is, like, a, like, a, a mob assassin who he, uh, he shoves him through, like, a plate glass window, and his face gets all, like, scarred up, um, and he's like, uh, this one I'm gonna leave alive as a message to all the other criminals out there that the Punisher's gonna getcha. Um, you mess with then, Frank Castle and he pushes you out a window. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, with his guns. Um, and then obviously, you know, this guy takes on the name of Jigsaw and he becomes a supervillain. <laughs> and he fights Spider-Man and he becomes, like, one of the Punisher's arch nemeses. Um, is that what the Saw movies are about? 
Uh, no, it's just uh, an unrelated murderer named Jigsaw. Could you imagine? Yeah. If Jigsaw from the Saw movies was a Punisher villain. puppet and he just keeps making more puppets like he's I'm just back. riding around on a tricycle and the punisher is shooting at him and this is such a funny visual and i don't know why he's just going around in a circle and fred's like oh stay still <laughs> why won't this puppet die uh, um god um the Punisher actually, so, um, this is, uh, this is Frank's whole story. He mostly in, like, uh, not his whole story, obviously, but this is the, the, the introduction, uh, when Frank makes his, uh, his comics debut. Um, in most of his appearances, he, uh, does, he deals with, like, regular, like, gang members and not, supervillains, um, uh, one, because that's his, like, thing, he's, like, mad at organized crime, he doesn't like supervillains either, um, but getting revenge on organized crime is, like, kind of his, his raison d'etre, um, yeah, plus, like, he ain't got powers, he ain't, he ain't got no powers, and also, what's he gonna do, shoot Magneto? I mean, (laughs) Magneto would not work. (laughs) Uh, Magneto's a bad one to shoot. There are some supervillains who you could shoot, um, and it would work. And that's one of the reasons why so many superheroes have a no-killing rule, is because, like, there's a lot of, like, moral and ethical reasons why Batman doesn't kill the Joker. But there's also the reason that if Batman kills the Joker, then you don't have the Joker anymore. (laughs) And now Batman needs a different arch nemesis. Until they reboot the series a decade later. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Frank's whole thing is killing people. So if they kept giving him supervillains, he would just kill them. (laughs) Or he would die trying to kill them. And either way, they would have a problem on their hands. Um, but, uh, he's introduced in, uh... In an issue of, uh, Spider-Man, uh, in 1974, um, written by, uh, Jerry Conway and drawn by, uh, John Romita Sr., um, Jerry Conway also being known for, uh, a few years after this, uh, the writer who, uh, wrote the Spider-Man story where Gwen Stacy dies, um, but he's introduced as, uh, uh, this supervillain, uh, called the Jackal wants Spider-Man dead, and he manipulates, uh, Frank into thinking that, uh, Spider-Man killed Norman Osborn. Um, I was I, I so think worried is... that you were gonna say that Spider-Man killed his family. <laughs> Spider-Man! You can't tell, but he was one of those, he's got a mask, so you don't know, but he was one of those mafia guys, and he- Killed your family with a gun. <laughs> like, could you imagine? <laughs> Spider-Man, you killed my family. He's like, I, whoa, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, no, but uh, Spider-Man, he's he's Peter's wanted for the murder of Norman Osborn, and the Jackal's like. Hey, you you gotta you gotta kill Spider Man because he's a murderer and you're the only one who can stop him, Frank Castle. Um, so Frank tries to kill him. Eventually realizes that Spider Man didn't do it and he's being manipulated. And then the two of them uh work together. Spider Man learns his backstory. Um, and he's like, oh, oh, buddy, <laughs> oh, woof, that's whoa, what... oh, <laughs> oh, dude. Um. And, uh, you know, they team up, they work together. Um, Jerry Conway initially intended this to be sort of a, uh, one-shot character and was not, according to him, was not really prepared, uh, for how popular he would become. Uh, 
and certainly not prepared for him to be sort of the face of, like, you know, the gritty comic book anti-heroes of, like, the late 70s and into the 80s. Um, I mean, to be fair, if you're just looking at it like, yeah, he's a guy who kills people. People are like, yeah, we like that. Wait, what? You what? I just made I just made a guy whose whole thing is he has guns. They're like, yeah, we love it. This is America. We love guns. We God, we cannot frickin' get enough. Um, but uh, Jerry Conway said there are like a couple quotes from him that are like pretty funny to me, and one in which he like talks about him. He's like, really, the Punisher is like sort of a Rorschach test because he's like. There's, he's not very substantial as a character, so, like, a lot of what people write about him says more about them. That's fair. Yeah, that's valid. Um, he's, uh, he's also on record as getting very mad about, uh, about the use of Punisher imagery in, like, uh, Blue Lives Matter propaganda. Um, specifically because he's like, the Punisher exists because he thinks the justice system failed him. The Punisher would not want to be part of pro-cop propaganda. Which, like, as a person who, in my life, I was trying to be a cop, why would you want the Punisher to be the face of your... All he oh. does is murder people. This his whole thing is killing people with guns. Like, that's, that's not what you thing. want. Hi, I'm a cop. I want you to feel safe around me, but all don't don't look at the skull. Don't don't look at the skull. The skull that's literally specifically designed to frighten people. <laughs> Just don't look at the skull. I want you to trust me when you feel unsafe. And I uh, want you to be able to, the skull is so that you know who to run to if something bad yes. is happening. Yes, it's the safety skull. Um, <laughs> this is the safety skull. <laughs> hey kids, I'm here to teach you about the safety skull. If you see somebody wearing this skull, you just run right over to them if you're feeling unsafe. They got oh. guns, they'll protect you. With their guns. That they use for murder exclusively. God, terrible. It's such a mess. Um, there's also a quote here. Um, I didn't know this. Um, but, uh, Joss Whedon, noted, uh, problematic man who I have a lot of complicated emotions about because he created a lot of things that are very important to me, uh, has described has gone on record as saying the Punisher is a coward, <laughs> which, one, explains a lot about why um, he thought it was rad to have a ten-year-old girl punch him in the stomach so hard he can't move for, like, <laughs> two days, um, which it is rad. He was right. Um, yeah, he was right about one thing. He was right about that. Um, it's also very funny to me because, like, <laughs> like reading this, as, like, a writer talking about a Marvel character. It's, like, a normal thing. Imagining somebody in the Marvel universe saying on record, the Punisher is a coward. <laughs> it's, like, that person would immediately be killed by the Punisher. Well, only if they've done a crime. Only if the crime is calling him a coward. Look at all his great medals. Fair. Fair. It's treason, actually. <laughs> um... God. It's libel is what it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously, despite uh, Jerry Conway and Co's, uh, you know, thoughts otherwise, uh, the Punisher becomes super popular. Um, there's, like, I think, like, kind of a kind of a dip in popularity in, like, the 90s, maybe the mid-90s, and then it, like, Picks back up again, and, uh, he's still pretty popular, and he has a Netflix series now. Um, he's most notable for, uh, again, in a lot of his solo stuff, he's, like, dealing with kind of, uh, his own, uh, you know, agenda 
against the mafia and the yakuza and the Irish mob and all other all other forms of organized crime. Um, most of his interactions with the superhero community are uh, Spider-Man and uh, Daredevil and uh, sort of that kind of corner of the MCU. Like, he does some stuff with the Defenders and, like, Luke and Jessica. Uh, he fights Kingpin, you know, a few times. Uh, a, a lot of other stuff that he does tends to be when, like, he gets dragged into, like, a big crossover event. Um, including one time when Norman Osborn sends, uh, Dakin to, uh, like, kill and dismember him, and then he gets, like, resurrected, um, as a Frankenstein, and then he's Frankencastle, Franken yeah. Yeah, and then he's Frankencastle for a little bit, and then he does some, like, you know, he keeps doing murders, but then for a little bit they're, like, spooky occult murders. <laughs> and then he goes back to being regular Frank Castle, and it's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, all, uh, all that normal stuff. Um, so how do we... The Punisher is a very challenging character. <laughs> um, I've, like, I... I've never really liked The Punisher. Um, I mean, for I think anybody who's been listening to this podcast before now um, has a pretty solid idea of what both of us are interested in comics for. Um, and really, none of those things overlap with uh, a very Murder? angry man who likes to kill people with guns. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not really either of our thing, is it? No, it's not. And, like... I know I'm, like, a very, like, genuine, unironic Batman fan. Um, Batman, obviously, who explicitly does not kill people and does not use guns. That's, like, his big thing. Um, but Batman is, in a similar way, a character who, uh, like, there's a lot of kind of, like, pop cultural interpretations that leave a very bad taste in my mouth. Like, oh yeah, I love Batman. Um, I love to talk about Batman with people. There's like a very specific sort of like, like white cishet dude who mm -hmm. be like, yeah, I love Batman. I'd be like, mm, I don't know if we're gonna be on the same wavelength about this. Kind of like, Catcher in the Rye is a pretty good book, but like if somebody's like, my favorite book is Catcher in the Rye, and they say it in like a certain way, you're just like, oh. Uh-oh. Well. Yeah, it's that. Like, it's, it's Or that. Fight Club is my favorite yeah, movie. Yeah, or Fight Club. Batman is the Fight Club of, uh, superheroes. Um. Let's put that on a shirt. Batman is the Fight Club of superheroes. <laughs> the best part is there's like, there's definitely, like, a decent percentage of the population who would look at that and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> We're just I like, no, 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 wait. This, um, wasn't, this wasn't genuine. Yeah. Um, God. Uh, but there's, like, in, in sort of a similar way, I think there are stories you could tell with, Frank Castle that are, like, sincerely, like, interesting and deal with, like, PTSD and obsession and, you know, like, oh, maybe revenge leaves you, like, a hollowed-out shell of a man. And, like, they wouldn't necessarily be stories that I would be, like, very interested in reading, um, because they would probably be, like, very dark. Um, yeah. But I think they would be, like, you know, they can be worthwhile stories. And there are, like, you know, like, genuinely, like, good Punisher stories out there. Um, Netflix Daredevil. A, Netflix Daredevil. Um, I, I enjoyed the Punisher in the Netflix Daredevil. The like, the only reason I have, like, any, like, 
there's some there's some smaller reasons I have fondness for the Punisher. Like ninety percent of the reason I have any warmth for the Punisher in my heart is because of the way John Bernthal portrays him on Netflix Daredevil. Um, but like the he just does is, this thing with his face. It's it's very good. It's genuinely it's the best part of that whole season is John Bernthal's face work. Yeah. Um, the thing is, so, so many people who are, like, fans of The Punisher are really super not fans of The Punisher because they're like, I just think it's, like, such an interesting portrayal of, you know, like, obsession and revenge and, you know, what the culture of violence creates. In the American trying to man. deal with trauma, but not doing yeah. it very well, and instead yeah. so they're like, "Man, shoot gun!" Man, man, it's just like it's just like that, like that Gundam meme of like the arrow going over the dude's head. He's like, "Whoa, cool gun!" <laughs> um, and it's like I'm also very like there's uh uh. There's a recent episode of uh, I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats um, where John Darniel of the Mountain Goats uh, talked about how there's, he's a very popular song that he doesn't play live anymore um, because it's like, uh, it involves a man going to like a former partner's house with a gun uh presumably either with the intention of, like, hurting them or hurting himself, and then, you know, ends up not doing it. Um, and, uh, it's a great song, and it, like, means a lot to a lot of people, and it can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Um, but on the podcast, he was like, yeah, you know, it's, like, it's 2019, and I, I really don't, want to tell any stories that have guns in them. Um, which is fair. Which is, you know, it's pretty valid. And I kind of feel that way about the Punisher a lot, is like... Can we just take away his guns? That's the whole thing! It's the problem! <laughs> it's what his whole thing is based on, is all of the guns that he has. And it's like, it's very hard for me to reconcile it, you know, being 2019 and, like, still having that be this guy's thing. It's like when they were releasing the first season of the Netflix series, um, they kept moving the release date because, like, there were several mass shootings that year, and they were like, this is not a good time for the Gunman show. And I'm like, Hey, maybe, maybe this is an indication that just, like, it's not a good time for the gunman in general. Maybe we should just let the gunman rest. We, listen, just, just lay him, lay him gently to sleep. Um. Ooh, ooh, Olivia. Yes. Ultimate bait and switch. Yes. There's Netflix releases the gunman show. Yes. But instead of Frank Castle going around killing people with guns, yeah. it's Frank Castle dealing with his trauma, and the government in this fictional universe actually gets its shit together after a large tragedy like the countless ones that we've had recently. Yeah. And they issue a government buyback, and then it's just there's a whole episode of Frank Castle lugging all of his guns to different government buyback points so that nobody really flags him for it. Actually, and he's like, I'm just, I, it's just him going around the country selling his guns back to the government so that he doesn't have any guns anymore, but trying to get it so that nobody's suspicious about the massive amount of guns he had. Actually, that rules. And then that, it's like inner it's like interstitched with him like thinking about trauma and like yeah. thinking about thinking positive thoughts about his family and it's yeah. intercut with like him having conversations with his therapist. 
Yeah. And talking to his friends. Yeah. You know, calling people when he needs support. Also like, selling all of his guns. <laughs> selling all his guns, like calling Matt on the phone, like, hey, I'm in Wisconsin. It's kind of cold up here. Hope New York's doing okay. I am definitely getting rid of all of my guns, though. I think I left one under the bed. If you can, like, break into my apartment <laughs> and just get rid of that one for me. Like, just take it to... There's a center downtown. Just take it there. I don't care who you pretend to be, but just get rid of it. No, actually, this is great. We do this, and then uh, the rest of the Punisher's existence as a character is just him talking to, you know, young vigilantes who think that the way to solve things is, like, always murder and being like hey listen i've been through a lot too and you know you really gotta think about what this is doing to you emotionally i don't know if it's gonna pick up on the mic but my dog is having a dream oh. and he's he's barking in his dream a baby so i think he agrees with us that this is a good punisher story this is a great Punisher story. Frank finally gets to use that priest school knowledge in counseling young vigilantes. Yeah, this is great. Once again, uh, we need to be hired by Marvel. Um, <laughs> or Netflix. Yeah, either one. Oh, listen, I, I, got, I got a lot of ideas for uh, Netflix Daredevil, uh, which isn't on Netflix anymore, but you know, maybe it's going to Disney Plus. Who knows? Bring it back. I'll tell you about my pitch. A lot of it's about Kingpin. I'm sure it is. Huh. All right. Um. My Netflix Daredevil pitch is just more lawyer stuff. <laughs> this season, only lawyer stuff. None of the superhero stuff. <laughs> Matt just, like, calls up peter parker once in a while he's like hey you still got the superhero stuff covered all right cool i'm really busy you know like defending people from false accusations so I'll okay get back to okay you. hold on hold on hold on olivia yeah 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 yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's lawyer stuff mixed with black panther in new york yes! for Matt. yes yes this there's is precedent for it this is the perfect show. <laughs> oh my god. Alright. Um, did you have uh any other great pitches or any comics you wanted to talk about? God, I wish I had more great pitches, but I did read some comics. Hooray! I was on vacation for a while. If you were on Discord, you might have noticed uh, that I was talking a lot about Fence and the America uh, <laughs> solo series, which is because I did read Fence and the America solo series. <laughs> um, I also read a like uh, little four-issue uh, comic called Spooky Girls that I got from Kickstarter. I don't know if it's available outside of that Kickstarter that I got it from, but it I was mean, very cute. And if it is, I'll I'll try to find it if it is, and I'll put okay. it in the uh, uh, show notes. Um, I mean, Spooky Girl sounds like an ideal description of anything. So yeah, it's four it's four issues. Each one follows a different story. So there's like Jenny the Werecat who uh finds that somebody stole donate like donated cat food from the cat cafe and <gasps> one about the tarantula twins who have to deal with like their relationship and how it, they've grown apart over the years and <laughs> so it's, cute it's all very cute and i wish that there was more of it 
which I think might have been their original plan. Like, let's put mm-hmm. four it like four issue ones together into this Kickstarter anthology, and then maybe <laughs> we'll get some more uh, stuff later. Huh. But the big thing, Olivia, that we could have done last time, except I fucking forgot. Uh, we did oh, no. get. Um, we did get some access to comics yes. out of the blue. Yes, <laughs> which is wild. We got like a Twitter DM about if they if uh we wanted to read and review a comic. Yes. Oh my god! It it was it it's wild. Um. I know this sounds pretty unprofessional that we're like, holy crap, but, like, it was, uh... This is the first time this has happened to us. I think we're allowed to be holy crap about it. Yeah! Um, uh, but we, uh, received a, uh, review copy of, uh... I read the first two issues. You I read the first three. Yes, you emailed me issue three today, but I only saw it right before we started recording. That's fair. Because I was like, uh, I was like reading it, and I'm like, oh shit, did I ever send this one to Olivia? Because we got it after the first two, so. Yes. Um, but, uh, the comic is called, uh, Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia, um, which, which is a kick-ass title, first it's off. It's a kick-ass title. Um, also, um, I've learned from the Discord, maybe I shouldn't be as surprised as I am, but there's a lot more overlap between comics fans and wrestling fans than I assumed there would be. Um, but wrestling is basically comic books, so. Yeah, I I know most of my wrestling knowledge from an episode of Spirits where they talked about, like, it was a very loosely themed episode yeah. about, like, the mythology of wrestling. It was very fun, and I don't mm. think anybody would get mad at them, like, this isn't about mythology or ghosts <laughs> or anything, because it was very good. It's and great. also, uh, because it has, it had two of the same people on it, Maybe three. I can't remember who guest hosted the Spirits episode, unfortunately. It was, it's was. it been a while, but there was also an arc in Join the Party that also had to do with a little bit of wrestling. Uh, and so I'm just like, alright, cool. I know what a heel is. I know what a face is. I know what creative is. I can totally read a wrestle comic. Hell yes. Um, which, first first off, did you notice that in the credits at the beginning of the issue, everybody had, like, wrestle names? Yes, and it's so cute. And it's different in each issue. I, I, know. I, oh, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, but, uh, so Invasion from, uh, Planet Wrestletopia, uh, <laughs> follows a, um, a kind of, uh, somewhat abrasive, uh, indie wrestler, uh, who, you know, in a, in an attempt, uh, to make himself a, a, a new character, uh, declares himself the galactic champion of the universe, um, in a broadcast which gets picked up by aliens from a planet that is dedicated to wrestling. And it is incredible. It, it's so, it's so fun. It's like, obviously, as you could They guess, build a steel cage around Earth. They build a steel for cage For an Earth-wide cage match. There's just like this, they invade the planet and there's like people who are trying to like give news broadcasts on it and then in the middle of the broadcast they get like thwacked with a chair. 
there's just ran there's just there was a dude like suplexing a camel or something at yes! one point just yes! showing that around the world all of these people from wrestletopia are showing up and just wrestling the planet it's it's very um it's very silly obviously it like uh does not take itself too seriously um, but they they also their villain uh their villain's name is Manifest Destiny, which is very good. God, it's so good. Um but um I enjoyed it uh a whole bunch. Um I wish my one thing and maybe uh issue 3 will improve on this once I get the chance to read it. Um I wish it was uh a little bit better with women. I wish there were more of them doing things. Um, well, so his... there's another woman. I don't know if it's better. Okay. Um, his um, his former manager, who I like a lot. Um, I can't remember his name because I read it a couple weeks ago. Um, it's fine. But he has like he has a very cute scene with his wife where they're just like, just like a very like. <laughs> like pleasant old couple um but uh, like you know she's she's only there for a little bit um so and like you know again it's uh wrestling has historically uh not uh not been great to women which has you know really only recently started to change um so that's you know, probably, probably part of it. Um, that, that was, that was my main thing. Um, I, I like, I love the premise. Um, I like all the characters. Um, I, the art is like very expressive and fun. Um, all of the, all of the, the wrestler designs are just like delightful. Like every wrestling outfit is like such a joy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, if you, uh, enjoy, I think there's genuinely a lot of people who I know listen to this who will, uh, enjoy this, um, cause I know specifically how many people <laughs> in the Discord love, uh, wrestling and comic books and, uh, goofiness. Um. Yeah, and it's. It's gonna be. I think I said that it was gonna be a six issue mini series, mm-hmm. um, available on Comixology. Yeah, they're gonna put out a trade paperback once it's all done. So like, best of both worlds. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you can find uh the first three issues now uh on Comixology. Um. It's uh. Written by, uh, Ed Kunal and Matt Enton, um, and drawn by, uh, Dan Schade? Schade? I don't, I, we got the email, we did not get the pronunciation, guys. Unfortunately. Um, unfortunately. Um, and it is, uh, published by, uh, Starburns Industries Press, um, who does like uh Rick and Morty and uh some other associated things. Um so I um I would recommend that. It was uh it was a very fun read. It's a very fun concept. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to like this is actually one that I'm going to finish regardless of whether or not they keep sending us uh advanced copies. Hell yeah. Because it's fun, and in issue three, like, they introduce a couple more characters that bring the, like, conflict a little bit higher. And it's like, ooh, ooh, I nice. want to see what happens next. Nice, nice, ooh. nice. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm also, I'm also gonna, gonna keep checking it out. But if they want to keep sending us copies, I would be more than happy <laughs> to receive them. I mean, um, I think we're on a mailing list now, so hopefully, hell yeah, they keep sending them out. All right. Um, Did you read any other comics on your uh, vacation? I um, 
I did read some comics. Um, I uh, I finished uh, Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. Um, Ooh. Which is, it is, it is so, so good. Um, it, uh, it's gonna, if you, uh, have ever, if you've ever been in any sort of, any sort of relationship where you've come out the other end and been like, oh boy, this was really, this was really not good for anybody involved, huh? Um, especially if it was when you were a teen and especially if you are a non-straight person, um, it is, it is gonna, it is gonna hit you where you, where it hurts, but then it is going to make you feel really good again. So, it's very worth it. Um, Nice. Yes. I, um, started the, um, the, uh, Super Sons, uh, graphic novel by, uh, Ridley Pearson, um, which I'm, like, halfway through it, uh, it's very short. It's, like, uh, it's, uh, you know, for, like, a, a middle grade young reader's, uh, book, but I only read part of it because I wanted to save it. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's so cute. Um, it, like, is definitely, like, a slightly, like, it's not in, like, you know, proper, like, DC continuity, which is good, obviously, for these, because <laughs> this is not the thing you want, like, introductory readers to be dealing with. Um. <laughs> Just like, hey, kid, here's a cool graphic novel. I don't know what's happening. Um, but it's, uh, as, as a different take on the characters, it's, like, it's very fun, it's, uh, fast-paced, it's lively, um, it introduces a new character who I super adore, um, all of the designs are very sleek and very cute, um, and it, like, I, it, really, like, communicates sort of the, the dynamics without, like, dumbing anything down. Um, and I also want to say, um, War of the Realms has, has wrapped up, and I haven't been keeping up with it, really, outside of the Squirrel Girl parts and the McElroy parts, but apparently it's just, like, super freaking good. Um, and I'm gonna have to, like, backread a bunch of these, like, series, so, Yeah, um, you know, I have heard on the Discord that it's very good. Yeah, people are pretty stoked about War of the Realms, so, um, if you want to check out a, a crossover event, maybe War of the Realms is the one. Um, it's the you... prophesized one. God, um... If you want to uh, hear what people are saying about all the hot crossover events, um, if you want to see what we're doing, um, you should follow us on the internet. We have uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. Um, all of those are at Capes and Japes. Um, you can shoot us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Um, you can join our Discord server, where, as mentioned, um, we, uh, put, like, talk about what we're up to, where people, uh, review the very good event, War of the Realms, um, where people talk about wrestling, all kinds, all kinds of good stuff. Um, we have a Patreon, um, we, uh, you can support us there, you can get bonus episodes, we do movie nights. Um, last month was a little bit of a mess with Patreon stuff because, uh, again, we were both, uh, traveling for, like, half of the month, but we're gonna get back on track, and we appreciate everybody's patience, um, but come, come to the, now's a good time to come to the Patreon, because we're over the month of June where everything was happening, um, so do that, uh, if you can't do that, you don't want to do that, um, but you still like the podcast. If you want to leave us a rating and review, that's very cool. Um, if you want to tell a friend, if you have a friend who's like, what is the deal with this Frank Gunsman? Um, you can show them this. 
um, or any any other episodes you think they might want to listen to. Um, and just you know, thank you for uh, for joining us for for coming back and checking us out. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you for being with us here at Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Elion. And, as always, should I use this picture of Captain America punching Frank Castle and calling him a murderous piece of trash? Kiss me sexy Batman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That could be the variant cover. Okay. It's a very good image. I feel that happy 4th of July, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>